Welcome to the Corporate Minister Podcast, a safe space dedicated to the hearts and minds of African-American men. Today's work environment presents some unique challenges for Black men, and they can sometimes feel overstressed, overburdened, and at the same time undervalued and underappreciated. The Corporate Minister Podcast is about speaking a word of support, encouragement, and healing to the men in these spaces, as well as to those who love and support them. We also seek to provide a means for others to understand these men, their hopes, dreams, and challenges, in order to bridge the gaps and create a dialogue. Our guiding principles in these discussions are the Word of God and the love of Jesus Christ. Our bedrock scripture, and the one that underpins all of our work here, can be found in Matthew 11, 28 and 29, where it is written, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. With that, we welcome you to the Corporate Minister Podcast, presented by your host, the Reverend Dwayne Dixon. Welcome to the Corporate Minister Podcast. My name is Dwayne Dixon, and I serve on the ministerial staff at Progressive Baptist Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm also a technology executive, and I've been in corporate America for over 25 years. My calling is to minister to the needs of Black men who are sometimes forgotten. The world sees job titles, degrees, cars, homes, all the outer trappings of success, and often draws the conclusion that these men don't need ministry. My experience has taught me that nothing could be farther from the truth. My objective here is to bring a word from the Lord that will serve as a beacon of hope, solace, and encouragement. Every couple of weeks, we're going to address one particular topic, stress, fear, pressure, male bonding, failure, and we'll deal with success. And we're going to see what the word of God has to say about it. From there, we'll bring in a guest speaker and explore the topic in a bit more detail. And with a little bit of luck, you'll hear something that blesses you. And about that, I want to hear from you please drop us a line at thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Again, that's thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, your feedback, and your ideas. I want to make this a space that's comfortable and relevant. And on that note, let's get started. Today's topic is leading ourselves, our families, and our communities in such a time as this. As we deal with the health scares and, 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 and the gravity of what's happening right now, this is a topic that's top of mind, certainly for our audience and for everyone. And to underscore that, our scripture is Esther 4.14. Again, that's Esther 4.14, and I'll read to you from the NIV version. For if you remain silent at this time, Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. That's powerful and especially applicable in today's environment. It's no secret that as we deal with the coronavirus, social distancing, uncertainty, and flat out fear, the need for us to step forward as leaders is very important. And this particular scripture points out how Esther fought through her fear and led 
in a circumstance where she was uniquely positioned to do so. Esther is an interesting story and one that not a lot of people know. If you'll indulge me for a minute, let me walk you through it. Esther was a Jewish woman who was made queen in Persia under King Xerxes. Now the Jews were living in exile in Persia and nobody, not even the king knew she was a Jew, but she was beautiful and fair and wise and the king was smitten with her. Now as in many kingdoms, there was a great deal of plotting and scheming behind the scenes. And one schemer in particular, Haman, had an agenda. Haman was prime minister of Persia and he had a great deal of power and influence. And he actually convinced the king to execute all of the Jews. Now, when the word of that came out, Esther was in a tough spot. These are her people and they're about to be annihilated. But she can't speak up or else she'll expose herself. Additionally, back in those days, you couldn't just go see the king. You had to be invited. If you went without an invitation, you could actually be put to death. But Esther hadn't seen the king in a month. And to make it even deeper, Esther's uncle Mordecai was the leader of the Jews. And he knew all about Esther. He knew about her background. He knew where she was, knew that she was queen. And when he found out about the plot, he sent word to Esther that she needed to step forward and make a difference for her people. And that's where our scripture comes in. He said, don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all the other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for your people will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows? Perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. Now, what ends up happening is that Esther bravely intercedes in our people's behalf. The king does spare them. And oh, by the way, Haman is put to death as a result of his treachery. It's a beautiful story and it's well worth the read in your private devotional time. But for our purposes, I want to drill down into the notion of what it means to be placed in a unique position, in a leadership position for a unique time. Most of you, most of my listeners are leaders. You're leaders on your jobs, your leaders in your churches, your leaders in your homes. And one of my favorite personal beliefs, a, a, a Dwayneism that people have heard me say many times, is that leaders don't get to not lead. In other words, you don't get to sit back and let events unfold. These times call out for leadership. So I want to deal with the notion of what leadership means for you and for me and for us in these times. And to help us explore that, I'd like to introduce our guest today. He's a pastor, a community leader, a husband, a father, my namesake, and my Iota Phi Theta fraternity brother. I've been knowing him for over 30 years, and he is a strong, convicted man of God. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Bishop Dwayne Royster has served in pastoral ministry for the past over 26 years in a variety of positions and denominations. He currently serves as senior pastor of Faith United Church of Christ in Washington, D.C. His work and his ministry have been featured in the Philadelphia Tribune, the Philadelphia Inquirer, Time Magazine, Philadelphia Daily News, Philadelphia Magazine, the New York Times, 
RT Today, Fox News Religion and Ethics Weekly on PBS, Think Progress, Huffington Post, Fresh Air, PBS, Voice of America, The Washington Post, The Washington Informer, and many other outlets. In addition to his ministry work, Bishop Royster is a former councilman at large for the municipality of Norristown, Pennsylvania. He's a graduate of Geneva College's Center for Urban Theological Studies with the Bachelor's of Science in Urban Ministry Management, and he holds a Master's in Religion degree from Lutheran Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. He is married to the lovely Suzette Royster, and together they are parents of two beautiful daughters. It is my pleasure to present the Bishop Dwayne Royster. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Reverend Dixon. How are you today? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm prayed up and, and, and I'm feeling good that we were able to connect. I'm so happy you could join us. And as we kind of move into our discussion, you've been doing a lot of ministry work for a very long time. I, I, I did your sure. introduction, but can you tell our audience about what you've been up to these days? Sure. So I, I do a couple of different things. Uh, certainly, you mentioned I was a senior pastor of Faith United Church of Christ in Washington, D.C. Um, in addition to faith, I actually am the Northeast Regional Director for an organization called Faith in Action, which is the nation's largest faith-based organizing movement. We have over 50 organizations in 26 states and three countries outside the U.S. Uh, that bring uh, people of faith, it's interfaith, multi-faith, uh, people of faith together to work around social justice issues. I happen to be the regional director for the Northeast region, and so I work with organizations all the way from Maine to Virginia, um, about 17 different organizations. We have about 82 staff that work together uh, to address issues like mass incarceration, address issues around uh, immigration reform, address issues around creating a moral economy, and really working to make sure that we are um, working to build beloved community. We're working to create transformation and change uh, in the world that's around us. And in addition to that, I also am uh, a radio show host uh, on WRD Radio in Philadelphia on Friday nights. I do a show called Solutions uh, with my uh, co-host, uh, Amadi Braxton. That's a lot for sure. And what that tells <laughs> me is that you are on the front lines and you're seeing and experiencing, you know, our times right now. You, you, you're face to face with it. And these are some challenging times right now. And I'm speaking specifically about the health crisis. What sure. does the minister in you have to say to our audience about these times? Uh, the minister in me uh, really wants to say to many people that there's nothing new under the sun um, and that we've been through these times before. Humanity has been through these times before. Yes, for us in this generation, we have not seen it this way. Uh, but throughout human history, we've we've gone through this. God has been there every step of the way. And what a way for us to be going through this at a time when we have so much access to technology that even though we have to do social distancing, it doesn't mean that we can't still be in relationship with people through a variety of technological tools, whether it's Facebook or whether we're using um, Instagram or or Zoom or Google Hangouts or whatever, we're still able to stay connected to people in this moment in time and uh, actually be able to find ways to deepen relationships, to actually get beyond the surface conversations that most of us have in coffee shops 
and really begin to ask the deeper questions like, who are you and what makes you tick and what do you care about in the world? And so I think for, for me, especially in the work that I do, which is relational organizing, the ability to deepen our relationships at this moment, to get to know our loved ones in a better way, I think is absolutely wonderful so that when we come out on the other side of this virus epidemic, that pandemic that we're in right now, we'll actually have deeper, stronger relationships that will strengthen our communities for the days, weeks, and uh, decades ahead. You are speaking my language, sir. One of the things I have been saying um, over the past week and a half or so is that the connectivity that is afforded to us by technology is really the glue that's going to hold things together. I had a conversation with um, a fellow minister, and he talked mm-hmm. about the fact that you know he he felt badly because he's a person that's a hugger and he likes to touch. And the fact sure. that that was denied to him was distressing. I said, well, you know, I get that, Reverend, but instead of focusing on what is denied to us in this time, let's look at what is available to us in this Absolutely. time. Absolutely. And we have so much technology and so many different ways to connect. We need to be leveraging that. And, and, and Absolutely. So you're, you're speaking to my heart with that. Now, every single member of our audience is a leader of some kind. You know, mm-hmm. so, so as leaders, as men of color who, who are in this space, what is our role? How can we make a difference? Sure. I think there's two things that we can do to make a difference. I think one in this moment that we're in, and I was actually just preaching about this the other day, um, that this is also this is a moment when we can um, understand what Sabbath means. Um, part of the journey of being a black man in America, especially a corporate leader, a uh, ministry leader, uh, any type of leader, is that we inevitably overwork ourselves. We're constantly trying to prove and dispel the myths about you know the the stereotypical black man. And so we're working hard. We're trying to get ahead. We're trying to manage our money, manage our families, manage our businesses. We're trying to make sure that we present ourselves into a world in such a way that they can never say anything negative about us. Uh, but in this particular moment, when we're having to roll back on businesses, when we're having to roll back on uh, you know, some of our work, it actually is a great time to take some time back to spend some time with family and friends, uh, check in with the kids, uh, grandkids if you happen to have them, your parents, your siblings. Uh, your close friends, again, going back to that relational piece. But then I think it's also a moment for us to prioritize some things. Can we begin to look and ask ourselves some questions? What really matters in the world right now? And how am I showing up in a space to make sure that everybody's able to thrive? Not just a handful of us, but everybody's able to thrive. Um, You know, W.E.B. Du Bois, uh, you know, talked about the talented tenth. Um, and that the role of the talented 10th was to help lead and help, uh, you know, the whole of the African-American community do its best. So in this moment, can we take all of our business acumen? Can we take our ministry acumen? Can we take our entrepreneurial spirits and our big imaginations and figure out ways that we're actually able to help the people that are in our communities, the people that are closest to us, and find a way to help them not only survive during this crisis, but to be able to thrive? So is it that you're helping people get groceries? Is it that you're just calling to check in on some neighbors? Is it that you're, you're working with your children to uh, do various activities? Can you read a story on Facebook Live that other children can watch, not only in your neighborhood, but around the world? And then can we also make sure that we are advocating with political leaders and business leaders with whom we have relationships to make sure that their employees are getting paid, that they're still having health care? 
Are we talking to our political leaders about making sure that unemployment benefits are going to be extended to workers that are losing their jobs right now and that every person in this crisis is going to have the health care that we need? And we can just do that by sending a tweet. We can do it by sending a Facebook post. We can do it by making a call to uh, that political, uh, political leader's office to make sure that those things are happening. And I see the Baptist preacher in me wants to say, Doc, I think you said something right there. <laughs> now let let's 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 bring the the lens in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say to these brothers about leading themselves in this time? In other words, I'm dealing sure. with self care kind of things right now. Sure, that's really important to me, and I'm interested in what your thoughts are around that. Yeah, you know, I think it would be great if we could have started a black men walking movement. Um, I know that they have black girls run, but can we just do black men walking uh, in that we're going to get outside every day and just walk a few blocks, get out in the sun, uh, get out in the fresh air and just spend, uh, uh, you know, half an hour out walking and taking care of ourselves. I think one of the things that we do with because of the roles that we play in the world, we often stress ourselves out. Can we de-stress at this moment? and spend a little bit of time um, walking. So some people can't get to the gym. Their gyms are closed. I know in the cities that I find myself in, everything's shut down at this point. You can't go to a gym. The, most of the gyms in, in the, the complexes that people live in are closed. Um, but what you can do and what is actually allowed by permissible by law is that most people can go out and walk. So can you take a walk uh, and breathe and take a look at the trees and look at the sky and Um, Just imagine for a moment uh, the beauty of the world that you're in and take some time with that. Can we also take a few moments of just meditation every day, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's a scripture that we want to meditate on? Um, You know, I'm actually getting ready to do a series on the Psalms. I'm going to do a a 10 minute uh, devotional series on the Psalms that I'm getting ready to release every day, one Psalm a day. um, So people can just spend some time wrestling with that and spending some time, you know, thinking about that. Um, You know, can we work at this time to renew our relationship with God? Mm. Um, and because we don't have all the distractions that are there with us. Can we just say, God, I'm going to give you a solid half an hour every day. I'm going to take a half an hour walk and God, I'm giving you another half an hour of time to, and, and maybe it's not even, you're going to pray some of the time, but can you just sit there and be quiet and still and let the voice of the still speaking God speak to you in that moment? Um, and so can we do a little bit of that? I think we'll grow as a result of that experience, um, during this time frame. Um, and then making sure that we laugh. We have to find ways to laugh and find joy, uh, even in the midst of the uh, the chaos that's going on around us. God brings order out of chaos. And so can we ask God to help bring order out of the chaos that's swirling around us right now so that we can find peace that surpasses all understanding? Excellent. That's that's real. That's real talk. Now, it has been said that beside every great man, is a great woman. You notice I said beside, not behind. Yes, sir. Um, and I like to, 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 to carve out just a little bit of space um, for this in, in all our discussions, but what would you say about this to the women who are tasked with supporting the men of color in these times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, this is a really powerful question. Um, and I want to push because I want to say not to support, but I think we have to be in real partnership. Mm-hmm. The survival of our community, the survival of our families at this moment really relies on deep partnership. Mm. And for us as black men and black women to really be able to see the gift that we are to each other, uh, we bring different gifts and talents and emotional stability, you know, different financial acumen, uh, a variety of gifts and talents to the table. 
And so can we see that in this moment? Can our sisters appreciate the gift that the black man is to them? Um, and to really be able to see, I know a lot of times we can always see everybody's faults, but I really want to challenge us to flip the script, especially in this moment when we, we're getting hit, inundated with the news constantly just coming at us with stuff. Can we just sit and look across the room at that man, that, 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 that man who might be your child or your spouse or a parent or uncle or even a good friend or even looking through a window or even a fa Facebook screen or FaceTime if you're using an Apple product? Can you just look at them for a moment and just appreciate the gift that they are? And what they bring to and what they bring to your life. Mm. Yes, can we sir. just take a few moments and do that? And then can brothers do the same thing for the sisters? Yes, sir. Right? Can we appreciate the gift that they are to us in our lives? Because I think that actually helps to deepen relationships. They say if you stare into somebody's eyes for three minutes, you'll fall in love with them. <laughs> can can we stare into each other's eyes for three minutes and fall in love all over again? Can we again. really look at each other that way during this time frame? During this time frame. Are there any resources on this topic? Any resources on any of this that we've discussed? You know, books, websites, information, anything you'd like to share with our audience? So, I mean, for some of the information I talked about, especially about uh, the work that we're doing right now to uh, press for policy change in this moment. I mean, I think it's actually a very interesting moment that in the midst of this crisis, we're seeing a lot of policies that are actually in the best interest of African-American communities, uh, which have been long denied, now mm -hmm. coming to the surface. And people are saying, hey, we need to do this piece. We need to do that piece. And for those of us that have been fighting for a long time, we're like, we've been saying this for years. So I, I want to give a couple websites. So one, faithinaction.org. That's the national organization that I work for. It's called faithinaction.org. And there's petitions and other things that you can sign to make sure that people are being able to access um, the various resources that are, uh, that are available to help make sure all of our community thrives in this moment, not just survives, but actually thrives. Um, a particular organization I'm working with in Philadelphia right now is called POWER, uh, P-O-W-E-R, and it can be found at powerinterfaith.org. That's powerinterfaith.org. Um, and then I also want to extend the folk to be able to go to uh, the Faith United Church of Christ website and uh, Facebook page, Faith United, Faith UCCDC on Facebook. And if you want to check us out online, faithuniteddc.com, uh, faithuniteddc.com. And uh, you can find us there uh, where we'll have information posted, uh, stories posted, um, different things. And then I will say this is one book that I think um, will be a real gift to uh, folk right now. Um, it is a, a, a book called Jesus and the Disinherited. Mm. Um, Jesus and the Disinherited is a great book by Howard Thurman, who uh, was the first dean of the chapel, African-American dean of the chapel at Boston University. He was the dean of the School of Theology at Howard University. He was also a, a taught at Morehouse at one point. He was a mentor to Dr. King's. I think in this particular moment that we find ourselves in, um, if we really wanted to take some time and read something that would really help us to think about how we show up right now, I would think that uh, Dr. Thurman's book, Jesus and the Disinherited, uh, would be a book that would speak powerfully to this moment for us and really offer some challenge to us about how we, in particular as, as Christians, show up uh, in the world and the, what our call is by God uh, to deal with all the isms and everything that comes against us, uh, but to still show up authentically as people of faith that offer a way to build beloved community. Mm. 
Wow. And, and those are amazing resources. And I'm glad you shared those. And what we'll do is we'll have a link to those in the show notes um, when the show airs. So people will be able to Great. find them there. Um, awesome. I have really appreciated the time that we've spent. Do you have a final thought as we get you out of here on this? You have a final thought that you'd like to share with the audience. Yes. Out of every crisis is opportunity. Out of every crisis is opportunity. I'll share this quick story before we go. Uh, some years ago, I worked in the healthcare uh, business, a durable medical equipment company, and I was a sales rep. And um, I had a sale that went really bad. And uh, my boss was laughing at me. He was kind of chuckling because I was all upset and I was really apologetic about what happened. Um, it was a service thing. It wasn't my actual service uh, fault. The, the service uh, worker did not do what they were supposed to do. But, you know, of course, it comes back to me as a sales rep. And uh, my boss turned to me and said, every bad sale is an opportunity to make a bigger sale. <laughs> and I'm looking at this moment and asking the question, how do we take this moment, this crisis that we're in, and use it as an opportunity to build us, to build our community, to build our way forward so that we come out of it better than the way that we went in? And I just want to offer that as a word of hope, right? That crisis is always uh, an opportunity for creativity, for imagination, for entrepreneurship. It is an opportunity for us to think and take some risk and do something bigger and, and more bold than we have done before. That, Bishop, is an amazing word. And with that, I would like to thank you again for spending time with us. Thank you so much um, for, for connecting to me and with our audience. We're so pleased to have you. And I really believe that the audience will be richly blessed by what we've what you've shared today. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. Take care. All, all right, Fred. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us at the Corporate Minister. We appreciate your spending time with us, and we would love to hear from you. If you have show ideas, prayer concerns, or if you are blessed by what you heard today, please drop us a note at the Corporate Minister at gmail.com. Again. That's thecorporateminister at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we'll see you next time.